Do I start it with a Harry Potter pun? Or yes. do we just go? Yes, <laughs> I don't know what kind of Harry Potter pun. Are you wondering what we're going to be talking about today? <laughs> uh, okay, I can do that. everyone and welcome to region unlocked i wonder what we're going to be talking about today jake hmm that's a great question cameron and i'm thinking really hard right now and can't top that pun so good one (laughs) even though you came up with that pun for me thanks but it was a good one so nice delivery cameron uh so my name's cameron that's jake and i'm yeah i'm sorry stole your line (laughs) Uh, Today, we are recording on August 22nd and 23rd, 2021. And Jake, what have you been up to recently? What have I been up to? Well, the real question is, what have I not been up to? Every day is primarily just teaching, and that's it. And that's basically everything. And that is everything, let's be honest, because (laughs) it just kind of wears me out every day. But it's rewarding. So just teaching every day and playing some video games. And I've been uh, spending this weekend watching a lot of Harry Potter. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, we should talk about that. I think so, too. That's probably a good idea. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, any gaming things you've been up to? Well, I have been playing some Mass Effect because it's my duty. Good. And I've been trying to get back into that. It's been pretty good. How far are you? Still on the ice planet, man. Novaria? Yeah. Novaria, that's it. Oh my goodness, I couldn't think of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I'm glad you're making progress. I hope to get started with that game soon. Thank you, Cameron. I'm excited about it, too. But for me, I have not been up really to any games this week. Instead, this weekend was wonderful. I had nothing to do. So Friday after school, I went and bought myself the like Lego, Lego Boba Fett, just like the giant helmet. And oh. it's pretty cool. It's like his helmet up on the display. And I hope to eventually get all those helmets over the time. But it was a fun build. And I was listening to our podcast while building it and catching up on some episodes. And I wanted to say, Oh boy, I apologize to everyone for our Call of Duty episode. That was so boring. It is clear that neither of us have really played or cared about that series in a long time. (laughs) It's just an obligation to make that episode. Yes. So it becomes a lot classier if you picture us, you know, sitting back in our large um, chairs by a fireplace in very dignified outfits. What? Just picture us doing that. Why? Why? Because then it makes boring things sound classy. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. (laughs) Just picture us being classy when you're super bored. Um, But anyway, so then I was feeling that. I was like, I like just the the sitting and listening and building stuff. So I spent pretty much the entire weekend doing a Zelda puzzle on the kitchen table. And I bet I listened to like 12 Region Unlocked episodes. And... It was reassuring. I was enjoying it. It was like, hey, we're not awful all the time, unless we're talking about Call of Duty. (laughs) Lesson learned, I guess, for us. Real quick, you got a Japanese lesson for us? 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, scrambles around to get stuff ready. Um, clinking noises and moving noises. Here we go. All right. So today uh, we're going to be doing a small Japanese lesson, just a couple of words. But they are related to the topic that we're going to be talking about today. And that is the word wizard in、Ooh. Japanese. And there are several variations of that.、Uh, in Japanese, there's only one word for wizard and witch. It's a unisex word, and it basically means, in the most literal sense, a magic person or like a spellcaster. It doesn't really have a direct translation in English, but it's the closest thing we have to wizard or witch. And that、mm. word is mahotsukai. Mahotsukai. Mahotsukai.、Mm. So it's like mahotsukai. Yeah, ma four syllables. Yeah, basically. And、okay. uh, that is what they use for wizard in Japanese,、um, or also witch. So, for instance, the first thing that I thought of was The Wizard of Oz in Japanese. The title is Ozu no Mahotsukai.、Okay. So, Oz's Wizard. Huh. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit wizard, isn't it? That's super wizard, Annie. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of, too. Star Wars. Okay. Uh, that's also another one.、Uh, in the modern era, a lot of English words are becoming very trendy. So, a lot of times you'll hear just the word wizardo, which is wizard with Japanese、oh, you know, okay. phonology. Right. So, wizardo, you'll hear that probably a lot more often these days. Anyway,、cool. that's that. I like it. Jake's Japanese lesson jingle! Insert noise clip. All right, so let's go ahead and get to it. And this is a very special episode because we're not talking about a video game. We are talking about a cultural phenomenon, much like when we did our Star Wars episodes in the past, where we're covering a, a, a big topic here. And that is the wonderful wizarding world of Harry Potter, a time that spanned from the first book coming out in 1997 to the last movie coming out in 2011. It really spanned a huge part of us and being kids. And it's a big part of my life and a big part of your life, but it's also a big part of someone very important to me. So we have a very special guest back today, Jason Hook. Welcome. Hey,、oh. I'm not Jason. <laughs> Sorry, okay.、Uh, we got my wife, Lindsay Noonan. I'm glad you're here. There we go. That's better. And <laughs> I'm also glad I'm here. Thanks for having me back. It's good to have you, Lindsay. Oh, thank you. I think I might be your most frequent guest. I think. Jason and Mark had tied me at one point, but this should put me back on top. So I did listen to all of our guest episodes today, and I think you have had the most like, times you've sat down with us. Yes. I know Mark has five episodes, but I think、uh, that's over just like three sittings. I see. Two or three sittings. But anyway, you're right. So I'm glad you're here. Thanks. Me too. Yeah, this should make a nice conversation, I think. I think so. Looking forward to it. Me too. All right, so、uh, speaking of Harry Potter, I think a good place to start is the Pottermore website. Now it's just called like thewizardingworld.com or something. You can find out your house, your wand, and your Patronus. So let's find out what everyone is. Oh boy. I'm excited. Lindsay, would you like to go first? I would. So I've taken the Pottermore in a Wizarding World quiz many, many times through the years.、Um, when Pottermore first came out, I was in high school. And every single time I have scored Gryffindor, except for today,、really? I did not score Gif- Gryffindor.、Um, and so. 
previous quizzes I've taken, also the Time Magazine has a quiz that's built by psychologists. And that one's interesting because it tells you your percentage of the different houses. And so I always score, you know, slightly heavier on the Gryffindor side with some pretty strong Slytherin vibes as well. Um, I think I am pretty ambitious. I like to do a good job at things, but I think I use it, you know, for noble reasons, hence my mm-hmm. Gryffindor. Um, and of course, I love books, so Ravenclaw is always around there somewhere. Um, but this time, I got Ravenclaw on the Pottermore website. So I think wow. that suits you. I think so too. Everyone who knows me knows I love reading. I actually read two books this weekend. So while I was doing my puzzle. Yep. So yeah, I think <laughs> Ravenclaw suits me just fine. Yeah, I can see that totally. Yeah. Jake, what about That's you? Awesome. So uh, this is the first time I ever took an official quiz that uh, would determine my house or anything related. And I was actually very surprised at the results. So I, I'm a Slytherin. Really? Wow. Yeah. Which is totally weird. Would not have guessed that, to be honest. Interesting. But, um, yeah, I'm a Slytherin. So I guess that means I am ambitious and cunning, right? And Isn't that what a Slytherin evil. is? And <laughs> no, evil. And <laughs> evil. They get a bad rap in the books, but I think Slytherin has lots of great qualities. It's good to know what you want and go for it. That's true. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just go with that. <laughs> That's <laughs> interesting. Got to convince myself, you know, yeah. got to have a nice little redeeming quality. <laughs> and, yeah. and all of hearing people take this quiz. I don't think I've ever actually heard anyone get Slytherin before. Well, the quiz is new. Um, it has changed just in the last couple of years, actually, because I took it again um, when I was actually teaching Harry Potter as a novel to my seventh grade class at Attica. Um, and so that was four years ago. So it's, it's definitely new. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I... I've all, I think I've generally in the past been Hufflepuff. Yes. And I was always okay with that. It's like, yeah, that, I think that suits me. But today I got Gryffindor. Wow. Yeah, oh. so I guess I'm a, a Gryffindor. Some surprises, <laughs> which I knew that you had both, absolutely. Yeah, but I think, I think it was, you know, it's kind of subliminal, like the real sorting hat, where it's like I might want to be a Gryffindor deep down, and the quiz felt that. You know? Yeah, maybe. And just like the hat. I had potential. Well, and I think it's interesting taking the quiz so many times. Um, definitely when I'm younger, absolutely Gryffindor. Like, I've, you know, especially like my teaching personality, just very bold, like strong, you know, confident that I'm good at something. Um, but this year, I actually have quite a few leadership responsibilities at my school. And so I noticed a lot of the answers I was picking in the quiz of things I wanted was like wisdom. Um, that was like the skill I would want. And so I think, you know, now I'm getting a little older, have more responsibilities. I think definitely my, my Ravenclaw side, I'm seeing that as the more unnecessary part of my personality mm. at this yeah. new role. I agree. So yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see how you're, you know, you kind of change those as you get older. That is kind of interesting. And it's true, though. Kind of like how we're sort of representing all the houses right here. Yeah, I almost. Like it. <laughs> I, mean, well. I got the bit of Hufflepuff. And we got Norman with us, and he is definitely a Hufflepuff. He is definitely a Hufflepuff. And Wallace, our cat, is absolutely a Hufflepuff, <laughs> without a doubt. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> so much diversity here. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on. I don't know how much this tells us personally, but we could find out our wand type as well. So mm. I'll start that out. My wand is larchwood with a unicorn hair core, 13 and three quarter inches, and slightly springy flexibility. Hmm. All right. Nice. Now, what does that mean? Does that have like a meaning or something? No. And it's the, certainly the, cool. 
It is cool. The website actually used to do that, and same with the Patronus, uh, but doesn't anymore, which is interesting. Hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds pretty awesome. What about you, Jake? So my wand was a Rowan wood with a dragon heartstring core, 13 Ooh. inches, and slightly springy flexibility. So mine was longer. Okay. All <laughs> oh, right, snap. boys. Oh, snap. Get it? There Bad is pun. a lady present hey, this shush. week. <laughs> it says it's high flexibility, Jake. It doesn't snap. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you, you just counteracted my pun. <laughs> what about you, Lindsay? Uh, well, mine is a maple wood with a phoenix feather core, 10 inches, and rigid flexibility, which is an interesting description. Yeah, you, um, you seem pretty rigid. I'm extremely rigid, but also flexible <laughs> at the same time. So. No, it's saying the flexibility oh, is rigid. Oh, I see, I see, okay. So it's not that flexible. I just thought it was weird that it put the word flexibility in there. <laughs> so yeah, pretty rigid. I like okay. the maple, though, because that seems very fall to me. Yeah, it's a good wood. Good hardwood. Yes. It's tough. Epic. All right. And lastly, we have our Patronus. Lindsay, would you like to go first? I would. My Patronus is a white swan. Okay. Yeah. Fancy. I, I wish I knew, like, the meaning of it. I was a little disappointed. It just gave you the animal and nothing else. So, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm very pure, maybe. Right? Swans are, like, for purity. Um, mm. Sure. Sure. We'll go with that. They're also very, like, you know, like, rah. They I'm are, gonna get you. Don't mess scary, with me. Which, that's, they're very protective. I yeah, that's yeah, me too. Absolutely, I'll go with that. What about you, Jake? So this was probably the most shocking of everything. I got a West Highland Terrier. Aww, little bitty dark dog. <laughs> Doesn't really fit the Slytherin vibe very much. <laughs> I know. That's a Hufflepuff like, Patronus. If I ever saw one. That's what I was thinking too. Like, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> what does it see in me? Do yeah, I really appear little, that It's a tiny? cute little dog. It is very cute. And you're uh, a cute guy. <laughs> oh, thanks, Cameron. I needed that boon of self-confidence. <laughs> so while you scored Slytherin, I feel like your Patronus supports that you do have that Hufflepuff tendency. I guess that mm. makes sense. Well, lastly, my Patronus, which I was very proud of, is a St. Bernard. Aww. Oh. So nice. I'm a big dog. Big slobbery big and noble. dog. Big dog? <laughs> With the longer wand. Okay. Mm, yes. <laughs> Might be uh, children listening. Yeah, you're Saint the one Bernard. making it weird, Lindsay. <laughs> we were just going to uh, laugh you... and move on. <laughs> <laughs> you rescue people in the avalanches. Yeah. I carry a little flask of alcohol on my chest, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Warm yes. people up in the avalanche. <laughs> totally. Where's a good place to start? You know what? A good place to start is let's look back at when Harry Potter first came out back um, June 26th. Happy birthday, mom. 1997. <laughs> June 26th, 1997. So I believe at this time we were six. So I don't even yes. know where we were. First grade? Kindergarten? I was in kindergarten. Okay. So I guess my question is when this came out, it was a big talking point. Everyone was discussing this either because they loved it or because they were t turning kids into demon worshipers. <laughs> right? Yes. Yep. That was the big controversy. I I'm curious, Jake, what was the ruling in, in your household towards Harry Potter? Uh, it wasn't around. Uh, we, we weren't allowed to use it 
or yeah. read it or anything. Yep, that was that was the gist of it. So Okay. I think Lindsay's got some stories about that. Oh, I certainly do. Um so I I grew up going to Christian schools and at the time we were living in Ohio, um so I think this was probably nineteen ninety nine, I think was when it like really you know, it'd been out for a couple of years, my people had read it, it was really a controversy. Um, and my, my dad grew up loving, like, Lord of the Rings, anything with magic in it. And so when he saw, you know, the, the Christian community was pretty upset about this book, he he wanted to know why. He wasn't going to just hate something and ban it without reading it first. So he bought it and read it and was just enchanted. He loved it. And he knew I would, too. Um, so he, he read The Hobbit out loud to me and things when I was little. So he gave it to me. We read it, agreed. It had nothing but great values in it. And so my whole childhood, I absolutely loved it. And I had a, a few friends at school who somehow managed to read it. Either their parents were the same or just, you know, somehow read it without their parent permission. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, um, fourth grade, this is when I was in Indiana, we were playing Hogwarts at recess. We were, we were putting each other in the sorting houses, you know, much like we just did in this conversation. And had, <laughs> you know, sticks for our wands and things like that. And the teachers came over and, oh, they were so upset. And we got yelled at and taken inside. And then the principal called all of our parents and when she called my dad and said, do you know what your daughter has been doing in school? And, you know, he's picturing like I was in a fight or something worth calling him in the middle of his work day. And when she said I was playing Hogwarts, he goes, oh, oh, good for them. Loving a book so much that they want to bring it to life during their spare time. And the principal is just speechless and has no idea what to say to him. And. And yeah, so then there was like a letter sent home the next day of how Hogwarts and Harry Potter things were banned and they didn't tolerate that in our school. Kind of a Dursley oh, vibe in that letter, I'm sure. But your brother <laughs> wow. was allowed to play. Oh, yeah, my brother's allowed to play uh, killing orcs in kindergarten with his friends. Um, so they would pretend to lop off the heads of orcs with sticks at recess. And that was allowed, you know, because Tolkien is famously a Christian. So even though it was much more violent than, you know, placing your friends in a sorting house. Yes. <laughs> mm. Actually, that's not even the story I was thinking. I was thinking of how you used to play Holocaust. Oh, yeah. Well, we read Diary of Anne Frank in elementary, and so, yeah, we would pretend to be Jews, like, hiding from the Germans. Completely loud. Never once, you know, a phone call home for that. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. And that wasn't my wow. brother. That was, that was, that was me. You. Once again, oh, it was from a book. <laughs> <laughs> the things that books fill your head with. All kinds right? of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so they should have just let me play Harry Potter. We would have not have gone down the Holocaust route. Yeah, like... That, there's so much hypocrisy there. Yes. Holy cow. Correct. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's interesting. I think it was a similar situation for me. I don't want to villainize anyone because I don't remember details. I, I feel like I was not allowed or was just like told stay away from that. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. I do know that I eventually picked up the third book. And we, we had like the silent reading time in middle school. And it's just this rack of books. You got nothing to do. Grab one. It's like, okay, this, they're, sit, they're on an eagle thing in front of this tower. It's like, okay, this this looks... Maybe I'll give this a shot. So my first Harry Potter book I read was Prisoner of Azkaban. And I think I told Mom, and she was a little surprised. And I was just like, it's fine. It's good. Don't worry about it. And then... And uh, sorry, sorry, mom, if you're listening to this, and I don't remember the details. But then she read them and loved them as well. So we're all, we're all good. Yeah, she's given us many, many, many great Harry Potter <laughs> gifts over <laughs> holidays throughout the years. Nice, that's awesome. 
Cameron, I think I remember you actually reporting the details to me at one point after you read the book. Yeah. You were like, yeah, you're telling me how awesome it was because that's typically what happened. You'd do something really <laughs> awesome and you'd tell me all about it. So I, I remember that, I think. Okay. I'm pretty sure. And at the time, I really didn't know how to respond because I just didn't have access to anything Harry Potter related. I just didn't know what was going on, kind of left in the dark. So, yeah, I didn't uh, jump on the Hogwarts Express until much later. <laughs> that seems to be a, a pretty common trend, especially after looking, listening back on so many of our episodes today. Mm -hmm. Is like, there's this game, I played it, and then your story is like, yeah, I hadn't heard it. And then you showed it to me. And then I liked it. I mean, for the longest time, you were kind of my link to the outside world because I'm just kind of like, I just kind of stay in my own little corner and, you know, away from people. So back to how we, you know, felt about the books at first. Did either of you ever get to go to the midnight release parties for the books? Unfortunately, no. But I had friends who did. They said yeah. it was really cool. Yeah, I was a little too behind to, to be in the fandom yeah. for that. The only one I ever read as it came out was the last book ah. and I think we just went out and bought it you know soon after but we did go to the midnight release for the what was that crappy play the, oh cursed child the cursed child which that party was fun just yeah it was the play fun. was a letdown unfortunately we, it's not canon <laughs> we won't discuss it anymore on this podcast <laughs> yeah end of that <laughs> wow. cursed child non-canon yes Noted. <laughs> well, the midnight release parties were so fun. Um, I don't think anyone there had ever seen in a huge event like that for a book. You know, we were used to that happening for movies. Um, so yeah, it was just really cool. And that's when people would, you know, really dress up. And I'd never seen things like that because um, I don't really know the history of like Comic Con and when you know dressing up as characters yeah. outside of Halloween became popular. But for me, that was brand new. Um, I think the fourth book was when finally, like, you know, that was one where I'd caught up and that was the one coming out. So I was in probably fifth or sixth grade. So it was really cool. And they would do trivia and you'd make Harry Potter crafts and just this whole bubbling excitement. You'd see the boxes of the books and they wouldn't open them yet. And that was That's so cool. exciting. At least uh, we all eventually came to know it later. Yes. Let's just uh, let's dive into the books a little bit. I guess the story-wise or the, or the characters, I, I've never really thought about this question to myself, but just what is it about Harry Potter that's so endearing that just latches on to us? Oh, hmm. what a loaded question. Like, there's so <laughs> oh, many things. That's a big question. Yeah. I've done a lot of uh, thinking about that myself. We've probably got some stuff to talk about with that. <laughs> okay. So what, yeah, what thoughts do you have? That's good. Um, well... I did, I've done a lot of uh, thinking and research about, I guess, the the style, I guess, J.K. Rowling's literary style. And yeah. um, I mean, let's think, Harry Potter is such a global phenomenon. How could a book series create such a fan base? Yeah. I, I, and see, you can't really answer that in one way. There's multiple factors that go into that. I think one of the reasons is um, it grew with the fan base. Uh, yeah, like when the definitely. kids picked it up, they were about the age of the kids in their first year in that yeah. first book. And then it kind of grew with them. And it was sort of even in a way because the books came out about the time that the kids were getting that age, too. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, parents pass on what they like to their kids and introduce it in that way. Uh, I also think that the concept is so unique, but similar at the same time. 
because we've got this magic world with a bunch of creatures and mythological type beings that are all known to us mostly. Like we've heard of wizards, we've heard of witches. Yeah. Yeah. But we've never seen them in this style. Let's put them in a school. Yeah. And you know, on top of that, a school setting is something everyone can relate to, right? So let's mm-hmm. make it mm-hmm. interesting. Let's add a twist. Let's make it feel like you can be there. Yeah. That's a really good so point. It's like kind of this vicarious type thing where you can mm-hmm. put yourself in their shoes. And I think that is kind of what made it so big so quickly as well. Absolutely. No, that's a great point. And I was, I was thinking a similar answer. I think you really expanded on what I was originally thinking. But I think Hogwarts in particular... J.K. Rowling did such a great job of creating just this amazing, like weird, whimsical, but just amazingly cozy school. We all wanted to go to Hogwarts. I mean, mm-hmm. even as adults, like if we received that letter, like, yes, I would be there. Like we would all <laughs> still go to Hogwarts. And so I think that was a big part of it, too. We just wanted to be there. I think um, it, it was massively successful in England. But I think one of the reasons why it was successful here is just how British it was, you know, especially little kids. Like we didn't really know too much about British culture as well. So I know that definitely helped, like pull me into it and that's part of why I love England so much too but yeah mostly just we wanted to live there we wanted to live in that world we all wanted to believe that maybe we too have this secret special thing about us and we get to go to this magical place Hmm. yeah yeah that's cool you guys have good points and you're making it hard to have three people it's like (laughs) how do I make a third different point because I I do agree with a lot of what you're saying and I do want to echo back to what Jake was saying just how we know these you know this mythology and seeing it in a different light is really cool and i was actually just thinking about this because we recently watched twilight we watched underworld and it's like man well i guess twilight did do its own thing (laughs) i'm embarrassed to bring it up on this podcast (laughs) did its own sparkly thing but it's like there's so much of mythology and fantasy that follows the same rules every single time right vampires and werewolves they are they always they're always rivals and they always do the same thing and or let's look at at tolkien fantasy the orcs and the elves like that fantasy is the same in every book that orcs and elves are in right and nothing has ever really changed and harry potter did that and i mean fair to say this was early in our lives so maybe i didn't have a lot of wisdom about witches and wizards anyway, but I pictured a witch as a green lady on a broom and a wizard as a guy with a white beard and a tall, sparkly hat. So I guess Dumbledore. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely Dumbledore. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, I was definitely seeing them in a new light. And I will say, we missed it, but the Percy Jackson series is definitely that for the younger generations. Um, My students Mm. are obsessed with it. I teach seventh grade. And yeah, if I mention Greek mythology, they light up. They want to talk about it because they know about this mythology through this really um, just easy to reach book series. It's something that's just very engaging for them. And so, yeah, I think that's Harry Potter for us. It's Percy Jackson for Gen Z. Yeah, it's too bad those movies flopped. Yeah, it is. And same with the Narnia movies as well. Before I read Harry Potter, um, I'd actually been reading the Narnia series, and I dropped it for Harry Potter. Um, and I would also argue that some of the ones in the middle, you know, get a bit dull for Narnia. But uh-huh. when I first read Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe in first grade, I used to go sit in my closet and, like, imagine that I was going <laughs> to be in Narnia. You know, I think that first book captured that same thing J.K. Rowling did. It's just, it's a world you want to find yourself in. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I wanted to go meet Mr. Tumnus, and I wanted to get on the Hogwarts Express and go be a Gryffindor. Yeah. The, the place is... Books can take us. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah. 
So which book did you connect with the most? Which one stands out? Probably the first one when I eventually read it, because that's kind of what launched me into the, um, I guess, realm, into the lore. Yeah. And from there, it's kind of just, you know, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Everything just kind of followed suit. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard question because definitely what you said earlier, like we grew up with it. So I, I connected really well to each one because I was a similar mm-hmm. age to Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Um, but definitely the fourth one stands out because, you know, I was around fifth or sixth grade. And that's when you first kind of start having like fights with your friends, like a little bit more conflict going on at school. And then Harry and Ron have their big argument in that book. And, and Harry's just kind of struggling with a lot more outside of just like the monsters he's fighting that book. Like that's kind of when you start having more of the social problems between them. Mm-hmm. So I think that one resonated with me. And then the sixth one, you know, is when there's all the the dating and all of that. And, you know, Ugh. I was a moody teenager when I read that. <laughs> so I definitely connected with that one as well. The zeitgeist switches. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was the seventh one. That was probably the first book I'd ever like just locked myself in my room and read it nonstop until I finished. It took me two days, but just constant immersion into that book. And so that was my first like really bad book hangover, as Lindsay calls them, yes. where you just miss <laughs> you miss that world when you're done reading it. And I remember especially because I, th- I think I was around 15 or 16 when that book came out. And I was in love with Emma Watson, so also with Hermione. And <laughs> that part where Ron storms out of the tent, like, I was just, like, hurting. It's like, no, Ron, you're my vicarious link to Hermione. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And I was so sad in that moment that that happened. It, it was pretty gutting. It was hard. Yeah. Yeah. So my my mom, she, we would all read the books. So we would usually buy two copies of the new books because I read really quickly and so does my dad. And so when I was finished, usually I'd finish first because you know, my dad had a job and I was just a bum on summer break. Um, so I would pass it t- to my mom next and then my dad would give it to my brother. But my mom used to watch my reactions while I read, which is a lot of pressure. <laughs> she can't handle suspense. And if it's a book, she will she will flip and read the last couple chapters. And it's always bothered me Boo. so much. But um, the sixth book, you know, the end, I, you had this feeling this whole time that Dumbledore was going to die. And then when he finally did, I was a wreck. I was sobbing on the porch. And I, was, I went outside intentionally to avoid my mom. And she came out and found me. And she goes, oh, no. And so she did. She read the last couple chapters. And then I was reading the seventh one on the way home from Barnes & Noble. And, you know, Hedwig dies in the first couple chapters. And so I slammed it shut and was just, like, speechless and just full of pain. <laughs> and my mom's like, no, no, that's too soon. And so we were all like, Mom, you, you just have to read this. It's the last one. You can't skip around. Like, people are going to die. You just have to plow through. <laughs> Oof. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Emotional times in my household. Yeah, sounds like it. Holy cow. <laughs> Like this is like I'm, I'm reliving all these memories. Of <laughs> Jake, how how old were you when you finally read them? I was in my late teens. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was in my late teens. I mean, better late than never. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, any age. So, yeah. what? Which one did I'm curious? And which one did you connect with the most since you were older when you read them? Uh, older. That's tough. I I really wouldn't pin it on one, to be honest. My problem was I had already watched the movies before I read the books. Ah. So I knew what happened. So reading them didn't really, um, I guess, have the same effect on me. But 
like you'd seen all the movies at that point? Were they all out? Most of them. Maybe the last one wasn't. I don't remember, to be honest. What was that, like 10 years ago? Yep. Ish. Yeah, 2011. <laughs> we were in college. Yeah, something like that. Just starting college. Um, but it just didn't really have the same effect on me. But, you know, it's nice to have those details in your mind. Yeah, I understand that. Fill in the, so, fill in the gaps. I, I, I think I had already seen the first movie before I read the third book. Or maybe... Maybe I saw, I think I read the third book, watched the first movie, then read the second book. But I had never actually read the first book until not too long ago. Lindsay was, before I started listening to podcasts all the time, she said, you should get some audiobooks for your commute. Yeah. And so I started listening to all the Harry Potters on my way to school, and I loved it. It was so good to hear those because, man, they are good. Like, the movies are good. And then you realize how much they left out. I mean, so much. And, and you know, I'm tired of that complaint of like, <laughs> oh, they, they cut so much out. It's like, yeah, they have to. It's a movie. Yeah. It's but, a different form of art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, part of that is why I'm, I think I'm such a kind of pretentious person um, because I read the first book before the movie came out because it was 2000. I was eight years old when I read the first book. And then the next year, the movie came out. And so we made an event of it. Um, we went to like this nice restaurant near the movie theater, and then we were going to go see it. And I don't even know how, because we didn't have the internet. But somehow I knew that Peeves was not going to be in the first, or in any of the movies, but definitely in the first movie. And so little, like, I was probably nine then, little nine-year-old me at this fancy restaurant is angrily articulating to my parents why that was a crime for the director <laughs> to leave Peeves out of this movie and hadn't even seen it yet. And yeah, that's so much of my personality now, is just... Being pretentious, Just pretentious and firm on my book opinions, and how dare you leave that character out? Yeah, he is funny. Yes. <laughs> yes, you're a definite Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know how I've been blind to it before. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and transition to the movies and talk about those. And uh, I'll go ahead and give my impression first here. This was still during the time where I was like, nah, Harry Potter, that's for nerds or something. Uh, so... <laughs> I didn't care that the movie was out. I remember in class, like in fifth grade, AJ spoke up. He's like, oh, my, we know this guy with a video store. And my brother got the movie two weeks before it came out. And I was just like, who cares? <laughs> it's Harry Potter. Lame. And I remember it was like they had it playing on the TVs at Target. And uh -huh. it was a scene where he's sneaking around in the invisibility cloak and Snape is skulking around too. And I was just like, this movie's so dark. <laughs> I hate how dark this is. Why is everyone like this? Oh, and, and I saw like the, the screaming face come out of the book. Oh, yeah. It's like, what a dark, scary movie. Like, what <laughs> is this? Like, why do people like this? And eventually I watched it. I don't know what brought me around or when, but I think it was a, at least the fourth book was out before I even cared about Harry Potter because I remember when mom bought me the books it was the four pack of the first four which I don't understand why they do that it's like oh look at this <laughs> bundle with this box with an incomplete set of books in it um, because money <laughs> <laughs> this will sell right yes <laughs> alright yeah the movies mm. I think honestly the movies were Again, I got into them super late, but when yeah. I did, it was like, hmm, it was one of the reasons why I started collecting movie props. Do you Aww. have any props from Harry Potter? Oh, I actually do. <laughs> That's exciting. What do you have? I've got one of the letters that was used during the one of the first scenes in Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, he's okay. trying to catch all the letters. 
So I've got one with a rip and a shoe print on it. Nice. So Ooh. it was is stepped it, on by one of the actors. A Dursley or a Taylor Radcliffe footprint? I don't know. I'll have to look at the design and see who was wearing <laughs> what shoes <laughs> at the time. Yes. But yeah, um, I was very interested in the design elements of the movie, like how they could make something look really cool. And I would just analyze how they created this certain scene. And I guess that later made me want to get a theater degree, I guess. That's so cool. <laughs> Got me into directing. But <laughs> yeah, inspiring in that way. Loved the yeah. design choices and how artistic all the movies were. I can't believe how well these movies capture the books, if not better than than we could have imagined. Well, right? well to what? Like some of us we... had wonderful imaginations, uh, and I'm get my the, yes, the movies ready. are great. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. But I'm but, not going to say like the Hogwarts is super different than what I imagined. Sure, it's just it's so iconic. Like I don't, I don't know those those movies are just so good. To where they kind of stand apart from the books, if that makes sense. No, they or... absolutely do, and I I do kind of have to love them as their own thing too. If I try, you know, to compare them to the books too much, I start getting angry really fast. <laughs> but no, they are they're they're beautiful. Their artwork, and you can just tell the people in them just loved making them too. Yeah, and I think I think we have to give some of the biggest credit to John Williams. Oh, absolutely. How how yeah. does he make these incredibly iconic songs to all of his movies? To where you just, you hear it and you know, and you're immersed in that. Like Star Wars, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Even yep. Home Alone, right? <laughs> yes. They yes. all have these super iconic songs to it that actually, yep. does he do Home Alone or I'm just getting him no, confused? No, he does. Chris he does. Okay. No, he does. Yeah. yeah, same director. And yeah, and honestly, similar music too at some point. Yeah, yeah. it does. But no, you're That's right. Um, and as soon as I hear it, just that opening, you know, the Harry Potter song, like I instantly start feeling emotions. It's, yeah, he absolutely gets credit for that. Yes. Just how stunning Hogwarts looked. I mean, again, just echo what I said about the books. Like, you wanted to be there. The castle looked beautiful and mysterious. So you wanted to go there. Totally. Yeah, definitely on the mysterious part, let's be honest. It's got that interesting tone to it. Yes. I mean, yeah, like, uh, the music for all the movies was not all done by John Williams, but, like, John Williams made the main themes, which were used throughout the film series. That glass harp. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know right away what that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got a knack for it. It's, it's chilling. Yes. It is chilling. It's crazy it's a good that, word for it. that movie came out in 2001. You know what's ridiculous is our theater, like in the summers, does classic movies uh -huh. for like on like Sundays and Wednesdays. And it worked out that Lindsay was teaching her class that book, and we got to take a field trip to go see the classic movie, <laughs> Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, because it was Ooh. 20 years old at this point. Yeah. Like, How's Harry Potter a classic movie? It was It was so cool. That How was, are we this old? I know. And that definitely <laughs> felt that way. The, one of the other teachers that came, we kept echoing that as well. Um, but no, it was so cool, because a lot of my kids had never seen the movies or read the books um, a couple had just seen the movies um, and so it was really fun to teach that to them and like, I, I even did like a sorting hat ceremony for my kids like I, they took the quiz I placed them in houses and actually it was part of my classroom management style um, was anytime a kid like answered a question they would get I had M&Ms of all the colors and I had big jars and so they would they would get house points for participation in my class and lose points you know if they were like running in the hallway or talking at a turn and I had a, a huge bulletin board of who which 
which kids were in all the houses. So one class period would come in, it's like, oh no, the Gryffindors in that class period ruined it for us. And and then just get to take them actually to the theater, how I experienced it, and I got to watch it. It was really cool. That, that really is cool. so cool. Very I love creative it. Creative idea. It was very very fun. Yeah, that's really awesome, actually. Yeah, it was just cool, like, just, sh- you know, sharing my childhood with them, and they loved hearing all my stories, and, yeah, it was great. What a great way to put your heart and soul into your job, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah you're a pretty good teacher. Oh, you know, I try. <laughs> do what a Ravenclaw can do. You've got a knack for it, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all do. I'm in a good room for teachers here. Holy yeah. cow, we are all teachers. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> This is what happens when you put a bunch of teachers together. They talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> so, what is everyone's favorite movie and why? Hmm. Complex question, but I will answer with a riddle. I'm just joking. I'm not going to answer with a riddle. <laughs> uh, I liked Prisoner of Azkaban, to be honest. Yeah. I thought. I feel like felt... everyone says that. That is kind of the cliche answer. It's, uh, I'm, it... I'm a hipster. I'm a hater on the Prisoner of Azkaban. Well, let... Sorry. Oh, elaborate, yeah. Jake. Elaborate. Okay, well, it just, it feels very full to me. There's so much crammed into one story, and I feel like there was so much, I guess, uh, future exposition that kind of started there. Yeah. That it just felt big. Like, it just stands out, personally. Not going to say I enjoy it the most, but it definitely stands (laughs) out to me uh, the most. I think it has some of, it has, like, the most tension. Uh, Especially, if you haven't seen it before, like, of just building towards who's serious black and then what it's scabbers the whole time. And True. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a, just a lot more mystery and then, then the time traveling aspect. So mm. I definitely agree with that. And I think part of the problem is just, I've seen it way too much. And I mean, if it, you guys remember ABC family, like Harry Potter weekend, yeah, every weekend ever. So those were always on TV. <laughs> so I feel like I saw that one a lot, but okay. Yeah. I, I both love and hate that one. I would say it's probably my least favorite. Well, actually, no, it's not my least favorite. That's the sixth one because that was poorly done. But I, <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban bothered me for a while, and I think it was um, because, first of all, it starts off with Harry using magic aside of school, and that was you know, a big plot point. That bothered me. And then part of what makes it stand out is it had a drastic change in image, but that was really hard because Chris Columbus did such a good job. And you know, I liked that the kids wore like their wizard robes and... Um, in this one, you know, they just kind of wear normal clothing. It's like, yeah. well, I've seen that in other movies. Like, here probably seems different. <laughs> and then he even changed how Hogwarts looked, so that was hard at first. Yeah, um, like, even changed, like, where Hagrid's hut was. Yeah, and... but I will say, also part of his image, though, like, when I think of, like, which one is, like, the Halloween movie, it's Prisoner, because, yeah, so many distinct, like, Halloween images. It only had that, like, spooky feel to it and that tension you mentioned and like Hagrid's hut with like the giant pumpkins and even you know mm. seeing Sirius as that scary dog and of course the Dementors so I do oh. love how that was kind of like the scarier like watcher on Halloween time movie I, I agree agreed it yeah. is good but so what's your favorite that. did you say my favorite is the fifth one um, I think that one is is so close to the book, and that was the biggest book. So Corey's like they had to make changes, and I understood that because it's just a massive, massive book at over eight hundred pages. Um, but yeah. I felt like they just got all the tension with Umbridge so well, even though uh-huh. she was so different than how I imagined her. I hated her the same. Like the actress just captured that. Um, that one also had a very different 
image and style than the other movies, just like all the blue and like wispiness. Um, it changed how, you know, the Death Eaters and the Order of the Phoenix like fight where they're kind of flying around and like that is smoky. Really cool. I thought that was really it was cool. Good visual effects. And then to top it off, we got the final fight. Yes. Oh my gosh, between Dumbledore and Voldemort, like that was stunning. The whole ministry, just the whole set was amazing. So that one's always stood out as my favorite. And I can watch that one over and over. I still get emotionally invested. It's just the best. So I want to take this moment and just talk about that final fight, just the the sound design, because I love now, because I think I talked about this in like the pod race in episode one, where we have an absence of music and are just like really focused on exactly what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this the part where Voldemort like does like a little sonic boom and like blows up all the glass. Yeah. Um, I'm going to patch that in right here. I know it's not a special when you can't see it, but this is just such a, a cool sounding fight. So have a listen. What I tell you, cool fight. Oh, it was so cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. <laughs> you can hear it just by thinking about it. Uh, Cameron, you didn't share your favorite movie. Um, so it is a very tough call. They are all very different. Like they they have different. They elicit different emotions from each one. Like yeah. I mean, the first one's classic. It you know establishes the whole thing. The third one's great for all the reasons you said. The second one is not great. So let's skip <laughs> that one. Uh, I think. I like the fourth one a lot for just the sheer variety of the shi- the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah. Of just there's a, a lot happening in that movie. And it's, you know, the return of, of Voldemort. But I might say Deathly Hallows Part 1. That is so well done. Yeah. Closest to the books, I think, of all of them. Yeah, I think that's why I really liked that one. Yeah. Even though there's no part that's, like, rushing to my mind right now that stands out in that movie. I, yeah, I feel like that one is the most closely tied to the book. And well, there, there again, you get to visit the ministry. Their infiltration of the ministry was so oh, well done, yeah. and that was filled oh, with tension. Gosh. Even though I read the book, I knew, you know, what's going to happen. But you still just felt how much danger they were in, just being surrounded by these Death Eaters and by Umbridge again. So yeah, that that whole movie is very well done. I just love the acting of the randos who are pretending to be kids, <laughs> yes. pretending to be in disguise. Yes. Walking in oh there. my gosh, the actor who played um, the Death Eater that Harry Harry Potter pretended to be, he acted phenomenally, just pretending to be this awkward, you know, Daniel Radcliffe, like, like stooping around, shuffling with his arms straight down at his side. Like he's not used to being so tall and like how to walk. Like he just acted that so well. Love it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> and the the you know kind of dopey maintenance worker being Ron like that was just great. <laughs> it was. So I think we should wrap it up here and make this a two parter. I think so too. Do you agree, Jake? I agree. I feel like we could both, uh, or all of us, we could definitely keep talking for a while. <laughs> yeah, we we got more to say. So. Let's go ahead and end it right here. Thank you, everyone, for listening, uh, for us ramble on about the wonderful world of Harry Potter, wonderful wizarding world <laughs> of Harry Potter. And next, uh, let's talk all about the great Fantastic Beaks movie next. How about oh, that? Oh, no, I'm out. I can't come back to this. <laughs> all right, fine. We won't do that. <laughs> but I think that is it. So my name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. 
And I'm their guest, Lindsay. And have a wonderful wizarding week. Minasan, sayonara. <laughs>